Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. Today, we're going to be talking edge rushers. And the Vikings have a very interesting group at edge. It's very deep and talented, but who's actually going to be on the roster? And with that being the case, who could they target in the draft? Today, we welcome the Draft Network's Damian Parson in to have that conversation and identify a couple of guys that we might be looking at rounds three and four. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing Editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, everybody, to The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis. Bottom right corner this time, producer Dave. And we are continuing our Skull Search series with the gentleman on my left. He is the Draft Network's Damian Parson. Damian, my friend, how are you? What's up, Forno, man? How you feeling, man? Well, life is good. I, the hair is washed today, and it is not greasy. <laughs> I, am, I am ready to rock and roll. And I know um, I, I want to be respectful of your time, so let's just get right into it. You're good. Um, You're good. The big debate at the top is Tyree Wilson versus Will Anderson. And a lot of that has to do with Tyree Wilson being a really late bloomer, but you can see the tools and potential. But Will Anderson's been dominant in Alabama for the better part of three years. How do you contextualize that debate, and how do you see those players? Oh, man, like it's it's a tale of high upside versus, you know, higher floor. And the crazy part with Will Anderson is that he's still not – at his peak, like we haven't seen the very, very best of what he could be because he's still he's using a variety of different ways to put him at four eye, stand up outside rusher. They do a lot of twists and stunts to give him pathways on the interior uh, to the quarterback. So I still think there's some development there for him in terms of his handwork. But then when you do allow him to rush off the edge and stress the outside shoulder, the handwork does pop and flash. The thing with Tyree Wilson for me is that he's so much of a tweener. And, like, I recently kind of went through his tape, um, and it's tough because, like, it's all ceiling for him. Like, he's very raw in terms of his pass rush plan. He doesn't typically rush with an actual plan on how he's going to win that rep. It's just more freelancing for him. Uh, he, he relies on, on his length and his power and speed to be able to get through um, offensive tackles. So he's a guy that I don't even – He's such a tweener. I don't, and I mean, you've talked about. It. I don't have him actually as an edge. I'm having him as more of a kind of between. I, if he's going to play edge for me, he's going to be in the four four man front, right? You know, especially on, on passing on rundowns, have him set the edge versus tight ends and the outside shade of the tackles. But when you on passing downs, I want him reduced inside three tech. I want him head up. I want him on the guard and allow him to use that incredible frame that God's blessed him with to beat shorter arm. You know, not as athletic uh, interior offensive linemen. Get those guys on their heels and push those guys backwards. Because watching his reps, they do put them in two-point stance on the outside. It, it, I, I wasn't a big fan of what I saw, um, you know what I mean, for him on the edge. But there's there's potential for this kid to be a game wrecker if you use him correctly, in my opinion. So when I look at Tyree Wilson, I, I classified him as an edge, but I, I think he'd probably be best as a five technique. And his ideal scenario for me is I want to see him use like the Texans used Pete J.J. Watt. 
just move him all around, get him as kind of a game breaker. I don't necessarily think he has that type of ceiling, but when it, in terms of how to utilize a player, I think that's the best case scenario for him. No, that's not that's not bad. I think what he's going to have to do is get get stronger functionally, right? Like mm-hmm. because JJ was such a monster, you know what I mean? You look at JJ the Calais Campbells of the world, those guys that can handle those double teams those duo blocks, right, where guys are just trying to move them and wash them down, and you watch him, he kind of plays a little high. He doesn't have the best uh, uh, striking um, in terms of getting his hands on and holding up one ed- one uh, offensive lineman and trying to corkscrew and body control. He'll get washed down in double teams, but if he can get a little stronger, especially in his base, <clears throat> to where when you plant your base and plant those feet, you can be able to work yourself and hold that solid ground. And I think if he's able to do that, man, I think he could play that five-tech I really love the potential for him on run, especially on rundowns. Four man front, defensive end. You cut what's uh what's the guy he used to he played for Seattle? Uh Carlos Dunlap. That was one of the, okay. the guys that I thought about with him. Um, you know, I mean, Dunlap was explosive coming out of college, long body, long arms, powerful, but he, he also worked on his hands, uh, you know, once he got in the NFL as well. And that's something that, that Tyree has to, to continue to improve on, but he's got a high ceiling, man. And if you do, you get, if you get the best out of him, he can really make some plays for your defense. I agree completely. Another guy that's kind of in a similar mold, but a little bit different is miles Murphy from Clemson, just a massive human being. He, he was, to my knowledge, the 20th ranked recruit of all time um, with 24-7 sports. Just an absolute freakazoid at 6'5", 272. Finally got to test the other day, and he ran a 4'5", 240. Just, just a massive ball of clay for uh, defense. When you look at Miles Murphy, I don't think he's refined at all, but there is a lot of potential there. Do you see his best fit as more of a stand-up guy? a true edge or maybe even slide in and play like five technique and three technique on passing downs. Cause that frame and explosiveness is so rare. Yeah. He, he to me, he's a true edge and like, like I said, similar to a, he's a six, five, two seventy, And I know he plays at that two seventy range and, you know, um, he's a defensive end four, four down, Four four man front defensive end that can rush outside. Um, he's got the long arm that he relies a lot on, and, and it's just more so for him. It's a lot of a uh, it's more of a coaching thing. He wasn't really coached to 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 develop his pass rush repertoire and everything down at Clemson. So he is a big ball of clay. My, my actual we we literally just talked about him earlier today on uh, one of our meetings, and my comp for him um, was uh, Daniel Hunter. And, and you know, when I look at the frame, the explosiveness, and, and not only that, but he can hold up in the run game. And like this, when I was talking about with Tyree Wilson, it was crazy because I watched those two back to back, and it was just kind of night and day where he came off the ball in terms of Miles Murphy with optimal uh, burst, explosiveness, power, but also he had the body control and physicality to where guys wanted to wash him down. He's able to plant and really like stonewall a lot of those blocks. When you think about the the uh, especially with so much, even in the NFL, there's a lot of pinning and pulling that goes on on the power run game when you want to run the ball powerfully on the on the uh, um on the uh, exterior of the defensive line. And I watched you know Tyree Wilson get washed down, but then I watched Miles Murphy you know hold up that hold up that spot. And as a former running back, you don't really want to see that. You know what I mean? You, you kind of want that guy to get out of the, out of the, out of the gap. So I think the, the sky is the, the limit for, for Miles Murphy, man. Uh, you could, you can stand him up. Uh, Clemson, to me, got a little too cute with him when Brent Venables left. Uh, they were like, you know, stand him up. They dropped him off in coverage, I think, early in the season and stuff like that. And I was just like, stop it. Just let him, do, let him be him. 
let Miles be Miles and let him go get the quarterback. But I do think that he can reduce inside as well and rush over guards because he has that length, that power, and athleticism. Let's talk about another guy with some uh, high upside. And it's somebody, I'll be honest, I don't really see it with him, and that's Iowa's Lucas Van Ness. Very intriguing player, and it gets overblown that he never started a game at Iowa. That's just Kirk Ferentz being an absolute boomer. Um, what, what is your take on Van Ness? Are you really high on him, or is he um, more of a second-round guy like I have him currently? Um, in my recent mock, my recent two-round mock, I uh, put him in the second round. Uh, watching this tape, it's extremely difficult to get the top 20, top 10 hype on him. Um, this mm-hmm. is a young man that even at the combine, he, you know, I remember listening to him uh, at the podium. He said, yeah, no, 2021, I played reduced inside. He played more, you know, defensive tackle. And then this year, and it, from the way that he said it, it didn't sound like it was planned that they let him know he was going to be playing edge, you know what I mean, early in the summer. It was more so like closer to the season type situation from the you know what I've gathered, you know, listening to him at the podium. Yeah, I, I, I get the optimism, but he's a project to me. Uh, a young man that completely uses bull rush, speed to power to win. Like there's no inside counters. There's no actual outside handwork, double hand swipes, dip rip, um, you know, push pull. There's none of those to long arm over. Like he, it's another similar to, to Tyree. Like he doesn't rush with a plan. And it's like you can see, it's like when you get to the apex of your rush, the top of your rush, you need to be able to have that plan to disengage and get to the quarterback. You know, even against Paris Johnson, mm-hmm. like, yes, the bull rush is driving them backwards. But once you get to the top of that drive, shed them and get to the quarterback. And, and CJ still getting the ball out, you know. And it's like he missed about two or three sack opportunities, in my opinion, in that game alone because it's just a young man that's not used to playing on the outside. But he looked, I'm telling you, I saw him, saw him up close and personal. He looks a legit 275. This kid looks good on the huff. So for me, no, our first round is it's a little too rich for me because he's, he's really, really a project, in my opinion. But, I, again, the ceiling is high. If you can figure out what's the best way um, to utilize him, what he's most comfortable with. Because if you talk to him and if he says, I'm better off running, I feel like I'm better rushing on the on the interior, then that's where you place him, right? Like not drafting out of need of your team that needs an edge. Hey, I need a three, four outside linebacker. I wouldn't say go get Lucas Van Ness in the first round and think that you're going to get 15, um, 15 sacks from him. Uh, so it's like, yo, just be cognizant of that. But I think he could become a good player. You just gotta got to get those those tools it's like giving someone a tool belt that doesn't know how to actually build anything yet. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I look at it with him is like, I, you can give me the tools, the toolkit, man. But if I don't know how to use that uh, socket wrench, I'm not going to do anything with it. It's like a kid watching Bob the Builder with, with a tool belt on at five years old. Um, right. I, there, there's potential with him. Um, yes. Two guys I want to talk about as stand-up rushes, then we'll get into a couple sleepers. Nolan Smith and BJ Ojolari. I came away very impressed by those guys, and considering what the Vikings are trying to do on defense, I'm very intrigued to see how well they'll fit. Um, you take a look at what the Vikings did. They signed Marcus Davenport. It sounds like they're going to be using him on the edge and a little less on the interior. Some of the guys that uh, have traditionally been in those edge roles for Brian Flores have been bigger guys. You talk about they just drafted Jalen Phillips in Miami two years ago. They used Trey Flowers on the edge. Matt Judon is... A, uh, one of the, the better edge rushers in the league, and he's playing in New England, albeit with Bill Belichick, but it's the same defense. Do you see these guys as necessarily Brian Flores guys? Because obviously they're very talented at what they do. Um, Yeah, the size thing has always been, you know, when you, 
you look at the size of these guys, they're probably not going to meet that threshold because, you know, Nolan Smith plays around like 230, 235. Can't really tell. You, you can't tell when you turn the yeah. tape on that he's not 250. Like he plays like he's 250. You know, and, and BJ Ojulari being both of those guys, have, you know, being more of the smaller or lesser weighted uh, edge rushers. I think that if if they throw out their those thresholds and just look at what you need at the position, they can. Those are fits. Now, BJ Ojulari might maybe not first round because he's got to improve functional strength and holding up at the point of attack in the run game. But man, Nolan Smith, I, I would absolutely if I'm if I'm Brian Flores, I would want this young man because when you when you turn on the tape, you see a a young man that knows how to not only. Does he have the bend, the length, the explosiveness, and the power, as we saw at the combine with his four three, what eight four three nine forty? You know, yeah. running running faster than a lot of the receivers and some of the running backs, uh, which is very freakish. But if you you look at that, you turn on the tape, you see a young man that knows how to get past offensive linemen. It's just more so Georgia doesn't. They just tell him to go out there and be athletes. Just go be a dude. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about the technical refinement aspect of it. We've seen it with Trayvon Walker, Devonta Wyatt, mm-hmm. Jordan Davis. We saw it with all of those guys. They're freaks. But it's like, okay, now I need you to become uh, a technician a little bit. Just so You don't even have to be a Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa in terms of all the hand counters or Aiden Hutchinson. But with your length and power and explosiveness, I just need you to add a little bit more. So, like, the the, the there's so much meat left on the bone for Nolan Smith. He's probably he's arguably I think the two edge rushers in terms of stopping the run or top three he's one of those three I think it's Will Anderson for me uh, Derek Hall from Auburn and it's Nolan Smith I watched and Nolan Smith popped for me two years ago uh, when I watched him just be able to just like literally railroad and run through guards that are pulling they have full momentum and he just takes two steps and stonewalls them right like the power this kid plays with is outstanding and with BJ Ojolari that dip that that bend the corner the, to be a steep angle guy um you know he's a little bit different body type than his brother Aziz Aziz is a more thicker frame more stronger at the point of attack but you talk about a fastball off the edge man like he can bring that to a to a defense he just may not be he, be, he may be more of a sub-package rusher early on as you work with his run defense. Makes sense. Two guys I want to bring up before we get out of here, Damian. Um, Yaya Diaby from Louisville and Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Uh, Diaby just lit up the combine with probably the quietest 4-5-2 from a 270-pound player I've ever seen. And it, Brooks... Didn't get a combine invite, which I thought was just atrocious process. But mm-hmm. 300 pounds, the dude played a legit edge at Bowling Green. Has a little bit of bend to his game, but probably is more of a five-tech or interior player uh, moving forward. How do you see those two guys? Man, I, I really like what I saw from Yaya Diaby. You know, that that, that frame, like you said, the quietest four five one for a 260-pound man. Like, that, that's not normal to see guys moving at that speed and that explosiveness because I believe he tested, yeah, 37, you know, in, in the vertical. His 10-yard split was a one five six at 263. It's incredible. And I, and I remember because I, I remember watching him and I see – power you see the explosiveness and i think this is a guy that you could stand him up in a two-point stance you could rush him out of a three-point stance with his hand in the dirt i think he's one of the more slept on edge rushers in this class and i love the motor that i saw from him i felt like he was a guy that played through the whistle was blown and really continued to chase the ball whoever had it whether it's quarterback on the move running back it didn't really matter to him he just continued to play through the whistle and you love that type because those are the things you can't really coach effort motor 
those things are just natural. It's like, how bad do you want it? And he plays, he plays well enough with it. And then he popped for me down at the senior bowl as well. Uh, when I remember watching him, I'm like, okay, like, you know, all the other edge rushers came in with a lot more hype than he did, but he came out, he pressed me a little bit more than some of the guys in the one-on-ones and in the team drills. So I think this young man, on you know, round three, I would definitely take take a shot at him, looking at him in round three, either if you're a 4-3 team that wants a 4-3 edge or if you're a 3-4 team and wants an outside linebacker. At, their two, at 263 running 4-5-1, you absolutely can stand up and move a little mm-hmm. bit. You're clear. It's just clear as day. Carl Brooks is um is definitely interesting because he's a lot of production, right? A very productive player. I think he would led the nation per PFF and like QB pressures and hurries and all that stuff. And he, he was productive, man. You, and you see it. Um, I do think he's better suited as like an interior rusher, but like they'll play him on the edge because I f- remember looking at him. I'm like, he's 300 pounds and he's standing up in a two point stance, and he's like running through tackles and guards and things of that nature. When you when you give him that build up, like similar to sometimes I saw with Tyree Wilson, you put him kind of out there, you know, as a, as a wide angle guy. And if you do put him on the edge and you let him kind of gear up on tackles, they can, he can run through and create lanes for himself. So he's a guy that I really wish he would have gotten a, a combine invite because the production is there. Like, I'm not sure why he didn't get that. Uh, you know, no small school love, I guess. But I would have preferred for him to be at the combine. I want to see where he, where those testing numbers are, right? What, what's the bench press? What's that functional strength? Also, what do you look like? you know, in the shirts and shorts, because that's a big part of it, too. Do you have that strong physical frame? Is there any softness to, to your to your abdomen area, your core uh, and things where, OK, it seems like, all right, we might need to get you toned up a little bit more. But I wanted to see what that raw athleticism looked like. And we didn't get a chance of that at the combine. Uh, the NFL needs to do a better job getting these small school kids out there because he should have been there, man. Uh, but he, he's a player. He's a baller. And I think rushing him between the numbers, between the tackles, um, you know, I think that's probably going to be the best bet for him. I think this is a guy that could be a single gap penetrator, you know, attack those shoulders and those edges and create lanes and, and really split double teams as well. He's quick for a 300 pounder. He moves way different than he, than he should. He, he did. He, he moved much more fluid, much more athletic. That's why I think he probably could have been a riser from the combine because the way he moves on tape, I think he could have moved much. He could have done some things number wise that would have popped for a lot of people. But they're like, wait a minute, he's 300 moving like that? And it's just a missed opportunity, missed opportunity. Huge missed opportunity. And it was the one thing I was really looking forward to at the Combine was seeing Carl Brooks. But life goes on. Damian, I greatly appreciate your time. Some really interesting stuff here on the Edge Rushers. Where can the people find you and your work? Because I know you guys have a ton going on at the Draft Network. Of course, the draftnetwork.com. Currently in cross checks, getting to see all these guys and putting grades and whatnot. And of course, if you don't know, you can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. And I'm the co host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with my guy, Keith Sanchez, uh, you know, former coach for those 2019 Joe Burrow led championship uh, LSU Tigers. So he is big, big part of that program and what they were able to build out there. So definitely tap in with us YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all the stuff. Uh, you know, you can find us there. Fantastic. Dave, do you have anything for Damien before we get out of here? I've got one question. Um, Defensive ends, primary responsibility, an edge rusher's primary responsibility, is to set the edge on the way to the quarterback, period. That's it. I was taught, go to the quarterback, but make sure you set the edge. Out of all Mm -hmm. those little bits of clay we just talked about, who's the best at that? Because the Vikings, especially in their rotational stuff, 
get beat when, say, DJ Wanham's in there or somebody else. They either get beat on uh, if somebody's going their direction and they get flushed out of the play, or they get beat on the backside when something suddenly turns around. Who's good? Who's disciplined at that out of all the pre-draft guys? Um, especially the guys that we talked about, Nolan Smith. You know that that's a big that's a big emphasis with Kirby Smart being able to be physical on the edge, and you see it. He understands how to use that length, the hands, uh, to be able to to keep that outside shoulder free, squeeze the gap, right, leverage that gap, and then go get the football. If the quarterback still has it, then you go get it. He has disciplined eyes too, which is something that's very under talked about. You know, it's a very underrated aspect of playing on in the in the front seven is having the eye discipline to not just read the blocking schemes, but also see the ball and know where the ball is. He does a great job of that. You rarely ever see him get out leveraged, even by mobile QBs in the SEC, because mm-hmm. this is a young man that knows I'm athletic enough. I can get a little bit, I can squeeze a little further down and sell that I'm coming downhill. And then when that quarterback kind of wraps out on the boots or off the, you know, off script, he's able to, to close that close that window very, very quickly. So I think Nolan Smith is the best guy. That's why I would, especially running that that uh, Brian Flores defense you guys are going to be running, I would absolutely love to see him get his hands on Nolan Smith. Thank you. Oh, I would love Nolan Smith. And with that, that is the Edge Group. Big thank you to Damian for taking the time to join us today. From Dave and myself, what do we always say, Dave? Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings, baby. Like subscribe and ring the bell to get notifications it helps us grow this community and we all love our minnesota vikings and on behalf of tyler fornis and myself dave stefano thank you so dearly for watching the real forno show skull everyone